Andrew, let's start with you. Where can people find you online, buddy? I'm just Andrew on the forum. Come and find me there. Excellent. Neil, give a plug for your website, sir. The website is... Yes, where I was for sitting there. Please note, this show is entirely supported by you, the listener. Without your kind donations, we simply could not produce this podcast. If you want to keep hearing more from us, please visit patreon.com forward slash brewdog news for a really cool way to help us. Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 19 of the Brewdog News Podcast. This has been recorded on the 17th of February 2019. We're your fortnightly-ish source for all the latest news, views, thoughts and reviews from the world of Brewdog and craft beer. The show is hosted by myself in a nice quiet room and I'm Robert Cooper. And with me in not such a quiet room. Actually, I'm in the kids softly. Who's Cameron? <laughs> and with us this week, of course, is the beautifully barrel-aged Andrew Watson. Hello, thanks, I think. <laughs> I'm back for a second round of punishment. It's Mr. Neil Fletcher. Hello, everybody. Coming up on this week's show, we're going to be talking about the triumphant launch of Overwork Sours, the disastrous launch of the new website. If you're coming to the AGM, you'll want to hear news about a new Aberdeen bar. We follow up on the trading day and tell you what this means for you and your shares. What is back from the Muck and Grass show, and there's so much more. Standard disclaimer time, we are all shareholders in Brewdog PLC, but we do not work for or speak on behalf of Brewdog. So, without further ado, let's play some big music! You can either sit on the sidelines and be passive, or you can take an active stand. It's amazing to be a part of something that's not just changing the face of beer, but business too. Hi, this is Martin Vicky. Hey, this is T. Hey, this is James. This is the Brewdog News Podcast. Brewdog News Podcast. James Watt. Martin Dickey, this is diabolical, absolutely diabolical. Hi, hi, Blue Dog News Podcast, it's Blackie BFL Melbourne again. And a huge shout out to all our new Patreon supporters this week, this month, week, whatever, <laughs> but especially to our top tier Patreon supporter, Innis. Thank you as ever, Innis. And thank you to my mum for recording the intro there at the start of the show, so... Oh. Yeah, Bruce, um, oh. we need to start off straight away by saying, yes. How what, what is on earth is going on in the background, buddy? Well, I, I've been thrown out of the house. Um, Lindsay's got a couple of things that she needs to get sorted out for work. Wait, so, well, sorry, when you say you've been thrown out of the house, as in, no, like, no, no. pack <laughs> your bags and get <laughs> no, gone. No, no, no. I, need to, I need to vacate the house. So I've had to vacate with the kids, you know, obviously, you know, the two kids that I have, they keep asking to get their... Um, help in the toilet. We've taken to a, a quiet space in the, the centre of East Kilbride, which turns out not to be that quiet. So, I'm making the best of uh, a bad lot, and uh, you, you might hear some background noise of kids shouting and stuff like that, but you know, we'll, we'll get through it, hopefully. What was it, what was it you said in the pre-show, Andrew, where like, one of the kids was screaming really loudly? Oh, let's, let, let's go for spontaneity. Pretend this is the first time I've said this. <laughs> yes. Right. Right, let's, let's just wait until a kid screams. And then you'll jump in. And I'll jump in, yeah. Okay, we'll keep Abigail, going. Abigail, scream. <laughs> Oops, someone just tried indie for the first time. And there it is. The most convoluted joke that you'll hear on this show. Uh, right, thanks Bruce, you'll just have to keep muting yourself while yeah, we'll we're do. doing this, no right. worries. Uh, Andrew, um, how's things with you, buddy? Um, how's the rugby going? How's life in general? Uh... Rugby's been uh, somewhat underwhelming of late, but uh, life in general is fine. I spent the first Six Nations weekend in the Draft House Paddington, which is going to become a brew dog soon, so it's quite good to go and experience that. And uh, yeah, looking to visit a few more of the Draft Houses to see the rugby over the next few weeks. Very good. That'll be interesting, actually, to see how that goes. You know, you, you've seen it as a, a Draft House and as a brew dog, and just be interested to see if the atmosphere and feel changes. Well, I've never mm. been somewhere so cold. I mean, Brudog said that the uh, the book that don't get sidetracked so early on, but it's a bar that has real heating issues. So when they renovate it to become a Brudog, hopefully they'll put some radiators in. Oh, Andrew, I'm sure any bar you in is full of warmth. No oh, dear. Um. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, so Neil. Apologies for putting you through this again. <laughs> How are you doing, buddy? I've seen you've been on your travels again this week. 
Yes, I have. We were down in London uh, just just this week and managed to get to Brixton, uh, which we hadn't managed before. So uh, we both now have uh, all the UK bars currently ticked off on our B visa. That is excellent. That is excellent. Staying on top of it. So it's now literally waiting for the next bar to open so you can go and get the next stamp. Absolutely. Excellent work. Cool. Right. Well, let's crack straight on. Should be a shorter show. Uh, first thing to talk about is Emma, of course. She's not here but she did send in this message. Hi guys, it's Emma here. Really sorry to say that I won't be able to make the podcast recording today. Really gutted, especially as I wasn't around for the last one, as I was sunning myself on the lovely beaches of Goa. Um, But I'm literally just heading to the first Bottle Club share at the Brighton Brewdog Bar, which I'm hosting with um, another EFP, Daniel. Um, And then... Got a busy few days, uh, big brew dog week next week. In case you don't know already, Rob, there's a flight on Thursday that I'm heading to. So lots of stuff to get ready for that. But I hope you guys have fun and can't wait to listen to the episode. Speak to you soon, but I'll definitely see you on the next recording. Bye. <sighs> yes, there we go. Um, thanks, mm. Emma. We do miss you. Um, we'll obviously be hearing a lot more from you because you're on that flight. But um and thanks for rubbing in. I should just say, by the way, uh, for folks listening, we, we have a group chat when we're trying to get organised to do the show. And every day, every day, Emma keeps coming in and reminding us that she's going on this flight on Thursday and how excited she is. So, um, Well, yeah, I can make up jealous. for that. Uh, I'm going as well. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> I didn't really want to bring that up. So basically, nearly half of the team to do the podcast are going on this flight, except for me and Bruce and Andrew. Did I say that I was actually going? No, you didn't say you're going. No, it's because I'm not. Oh god, honestly, I <laughs> genuinely thought you were going to drop that on me right there. Ooh, All right. Uh, back, back to mute. Yeah. Right, Overworks. <laughs> Let's go on with that. Thanks, Emma. Uh, Overworks launch. So, um, yeah, I think things went really well. Um, I had a long email conversation with Andy from Overworks. I was supposed to be going up there and meeting him, talking through everything. The way it's worked out between my work and the crazy busy that they've been up there, I haven't managed to do that. I'm still planning on meeting them, get a chat through all the beers. Um, I'm pretty much going to guess Bruce won't really have tried many. I don't think Neil would have tried any. And Andrew, where are you at on Overworks beers? I've tried none of the new ones. I tried Orange Emperor the other week. And the first time around, so the ones that had to get destroyed with the bottles, I actually tried them in Columbus, um, in the just sitting, waiting for a taxi in the in the doghouse reception, trying Roos and one of the other ones. And those were nice, but um, I've not really drunk much over the last couple of weeks, so not had a chance. Well, that's not a bad thing. Um, yeah. yeah, well, sorry, Neil, go on. I didn't say anything there, Rob. Did you not? I thought I heard you what, was about to say something. Cool. I'll say something. Go on, Bruce. I had no. I think everybody knows that I'm not a sour fan at all. Well, you have right? mentioned it a million times. It's yeah. almost up there with cauliflower wings on this show. Yep. No, cauliflowers don't had... have wings. <laughs> they do so. I'll show you. I'll show you the AGM that they do. Last night I had my first. Um, well, I had the the funk times punk last night. Oh, funk funk v punk or whatever. It's oh, called. X. Yeah. It's an X. So it's not a V. Yeah. Right? And I actually enjoyed it. I'm sorry. Yeah, that one sounds nice, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It it wasn't this. I think it was too you know, a lot, lot more sour than I would have just poured it down the sink. But no, no, you certainly got the sour the sour of it. Where it could have finished off a more a punky thing. So yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I would, I would drink it again. Well, so, that's, yeah. that's really interesting. I did it, not it expect okay. that. It was okay. It was okay. It was nice. It, it, it definitely wasn't a. Pour it down the sink. Excellent. Well, um, they, they are all available. Um, what I've spoken <laughs> to the bars, um, Union Square, I was in, they sold out pretty much straight away. They got a replenishment, and I think as of two days ago, most of them had sold again. Um, I think the reception has been universally brilliant. I mean, I haven't seen, has anybody seen any negativity about them anywhere at all? Because I haven't. I've just seen people just saying, wow. No, but I don't tend to no. go out looking for negativity. There's enough of that in the world. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I've actually got a few in the fridge, so I'll report back. So anyway, I think that's about enough to say on that. Uh, James and Richard, uh, this James Watt, obviously he recorded um, 
a wee two-minute sort of him using lots and lots of long words to describe beer. So let's just play that, and I think it's probably going to give you a better idea than me talking rubbish about it. So after three years of planning, after a lot of heartache, we're now finally operational with Overworks, this beautiful facility behind us. Yeah, a year in the process uh, from construction to brewing to experimenting to losing tons of beer down the drain to tragedy, uh, we're finally here. We finally have 10 new exciting beers to release, ranging from funky to tart, wild to even more wild. And making sour and wild beers has always been part of our plans. Um, I met Richard and I knew he was the perfect person to head up our Overworks facility. Yeah, when I heard James's plans for this, uh, this new project, I didn't believe him. So I flew out here to check it out. And when I saw what he had in store, I knew I had to be a part of it. Uh, we've got 18 giant fooders behind me, almost a thousand oak casks to help us make amazing jet beers, wild beers, even a cool ship for spontaneous beers. Yeah, the key ingredient with these beers that nobody ever talks about is time. And James has been awesome enough to give me exactly that. These beers are a result of craftsmanship and a little bit of pain. And we're really happy to bring you Brewdog Overworks. And most of the beers we make, it's about science, it's about precision. Um, here at Overworks, this is about magic. This is about alchemy. This is about artistry. It's just a completely different way to make beers. Yeah, the slow magic that takes place in this uh, purpose-built facility is something that you can't fake. We give the beer the time to operate, the space, um, and we have patience, belief, and faith. A lot of patience, a lot of belief, and a lot of faith, all of which have been tested a lot in getting this up and going. Overworks is an extension of our mission to make other people as passionate about great craft beer as we are and take people on this journey of wild, spontaneous, sour, right, acidic, tart, fruity, oaky, flavors and we can't wait for you guys to taste these beers yes so there we go that is james and richard that is a nice bit of audio there right okay uh negativity time andrew there has been a bad thing happened in Brewdog land please tell us all about it well rob do you have a, a side pro podcast about how to launch websites <laughs> See, this is a tricky one for me because, as you know, I'm a website developer and I launch websites. So I, I need to be careful here because I'll get into the weeds a bit. But go on. Have you launched a website like this before? I, I've never. Well, let me let me put it nicely. I would be very, very disappointed in myself if the launch of a website like the new Brewdog one had gone as badly as it seemed to have. And I think that sums sums up pretty much what happened. The The website was first meant to launch back in time for Metro Mayhem last November. It and was because we, we interviewed Verity um, yeah. just before Metro Mayhem. And she, you know, they were super excited to be launching next week. And I felt it was ambitious. But yeah, off yeah. The, you know. So then fast forward to... When was it? The... 8th of February or something like 6th, 6th or 7th of February. I think it was and the 7th. So the combination of the delays to the website and the fact the Overworks bottles exploded first time around meant that the two launch dates ended up on a huge collision course. So again, Rob, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but if you've got a big web project, you probably don't want to do another big project and have it launch at the same time. But alas, that's what Brewdog did. The website launch... You can't really call it a launch. It was not fit for purpose. It wasn't... Half the content wasn't right. The look and the feel was just wrong. The content was... Well, if where it was spelt right, which didn't always happen. It was in the wrong places. The, the formatting and the layout didn't work. And then the whole online shop piece just didn't work either. Um, the integration for some of the payment systems weren't right. The customer accounts weren't working properly. I, I was amazed to be honest, as someone that's... I've been involved in one web launch in my time in a previous role, and you expect things to be a bit rocky, but you test and test to make sure that it's all right. The fact this was delayed for three months and still ended up like this is just mind-boggling. The only I, upside... I have, uh, sorry, sorry, Andrew, I've interrupted you. Yeah. Carry on, buddy. Well, I was just going to say, the only upside was it's given a couple of folk at Brewdog a chance to shine. So uh, Daz Gordon, Digidog Daz, 
has been fantastic at being transparent and open and seeking feedback and has worked tirelessly to basically coordinate on the fly fixes but it shouldn't have come to that i serious questions have to be asked i think of the agencies that were involved there were, apparently there were two agencies building this but also who was commissioning the requirements and the the project management on the brewdog side was there any interference from on high to to change features to add in extra requests there's a lot of questions to answer did you notice the website issues did you get any feedback did you see any feedback about it all Yes. Um, I look after about seven different accounts on Brewdog for my extended family um, and trying to log in. Uh, of course, some of them had sold during the trading day as well, so I was keen to see what was going on. And the fact that out of those accounts, four of them were wrong, I just felt was like really not acceptable. If four of the seven accounts that I have access to had their details wrong. There's something seriously wrong with the whole system. It, 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 you can't ask, expect someone to go in and correct each individual one. There was something drastically wrong with the migration. Um, whether it was uh, discounts being wrong, um, account information being wrong, um, not being able to log in in the first place, it, it just was an absolute disaster. The, one of the companies I work for is is mainly an online retailer. And if we'd had that problem, even for a couple of hours, that would have cost us an awful lot of money. Um, I think we're lucky at the moment that Brewdog is still a brewery uh, and we sell most of our produce, not necessarily online, but the online is going to be more and more important. And we can't let this sort of thing happen again, whether it needs more resource, more time or whatever it needs. We've got to make sure that we get our online presence correct and we don't have another mess that we had this time. Yeah, Bruce, um, I am going to guess as our least engaged uh, brew dog person on the oh. podcast, I mean that in a lovely way, as in you're a, you're a bit more of a normal compared to the rest of us when it comes to brew dog. Uh, did you, I mean, yes, you, you spied that there were podcast issues. Uh, did you experience them yourself? Website issues. There's always podcast issues. Wow. A Freudian slip there, I think you'll find. Um, yeah, did you notice any website issues? Did it affect you at all? No, no, it didn't affect me at all. I mean, I the only time I visit the website is through the app on my phone, and I never had any issues getting in at all. Okay. When I when I needed to, I, I you know pushed the, the Brewdog logo on my phone, took us to the website, took us to the forum. I, I don't buy the beers online. I don't go to the shop. I don't. Yeah, there was a there was one point where it changed in the font. It was really difficult to read. Other than that, I never noticed anything about it. So okay. possibly normals like me might not have noticed anything, but the guys like yourselves who, who visit the forum on a regular basis, yeah, I would have, I would have thought that there would be issues. I mean, from other people that I've spoken to, it's it's been a huge, huge bad thing, a huge mistake. Yeah. I mean, okay, so go on, Andrew. I, was, I think we need to be clear that the the project came from the right place. You know, it was done because the previous generation website wasn't scalable. It wasn't managed internally, I don't believe, and ultimately it wasn't particularly responsive or very future proof. So, the need for a new website has been identified, and it, doing it has come from the right place. But something's gone so badly wrong with the execution and the actual rollout. Yeah, I think well. <clears throat> I've I've obviously got a lot of thoughts on this. I could speak for a great length about it. I, I want to first of all say, you know, if you look at the big scheme of things, the new website's been launched. The issues, are, you know, all the big issues are now resolved. There's lots and lots of little ones to sort, and they're now on a platform that they want for going forward. I think I think the vast majority of people wouldn't have even noticed that there was an issue. Uh, it was just an incredibly frustrating time when people weren't getting answers and things. There was one guy on the Facebook group that I was chatting with, and he was livid, and rightly so, because he got locked out of his account because the password resets weren't coming through in time. And uh, I mentioned, and he was getting, he was, he was being quite bullshit about how badly Brewdog have done this. And I mentioned, uh, as you did to their um, Daz and Verity that we've had on the podcast before, 
you know, he says, well, name dropping's not going to help. And my point was, it's not, I'm trying not to be name dropping. I'm just trying to go, there's human beings behind all this and something's gone wrong. And again, we say this and I sound like a brew dog apologist, but this isn't what the brew dog that we know are all about. This isn't what they would have wanted to do. They haven't got a don't care attitude. That said, um, I don't understand some of the decisions that have been made here. The biggest issue I saw was when the, everybody was told they needed to reset their password. Didn't help that those password reset links expired after an hour, and for some people were waiting three hours to get the link. Uh, but yes, that said to me, they're shifting to a whole new system, and they're not able to transfer some of that data over. Okay, so somewhere along the line, I suspect someone has gone, guys. We have to get this website live, whether it's ready or not, okay? Because we've been, it was supposed to be done in November or whenever it was, and it's not there yet. I am calling it, we are putting it live, and we'll deal with the consequences afterwards. Now, that I feel is a fundamental mistake. They should have had within the team the expertise, and this is the agencies and Brewdog themselves, the expertise to do this bit by bit. It's 2019. All these problems have been solved, okay? Um, it, it should have been the entire back end of that website was completely changed. And by back end, I mean the bits that we don't see, the code, the way it interoperates with the till systems for the badges or uh, orders get placed and handed to the distribution center. All that system should have been changed behind the scenes before they started on the bits that the customers saw. And yet it seems that for whatever reason, for the complexity of the project, they just pulled the switch. Here's a thing. The company that was doing the website is a company called MTC, and they're based here up in, well, they've got offices up in Aberdeen now, but they're based in Dundee. One of the guys from MTC was messaging me going, I'm really disappointed with all this. They're moving away from MTC, and it seemed to me that the response from MTC was, we could fix this right now if you let us. It speaks to something that seems to have happened with BrewDog over the last 18 months or so, in fact, even longer, where the big, bright, shining lights of some bigger agencies or some, you know, take the Scofflaw issue, for example, take beer porn, for example, and this, it seems to be a migration away from the agencies that have served BrewDog well as it's grown up that has resulted in sub-standard and sub-optimal execution that has damaged the brand. So hopefully the procurement process for agency suppliers will actually change off the back of this and we'll get back on track. Yeah. Um, I, I we, Again, you know, there's, there's a huge amount to say. I know this isn't that interesting to folk who are not really into website and all that sort of stuff, but... Let me finish it off by saying this. I did uh, message Daz <laughs> and I said, hi, <laughs> we're going to be talking about this on the podcast when we record on Sunday. Um, what's your thoughts? And he replied back and actually put, I've been expecting this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we spoke forward and backwards about it. He's in a difficult spot. I wasn't going to ask him to come on the podcast and, you know, speak on behalf of BrewDog because there'll be various agencies involved. And, and I, there's no question that somewhere along the line, someone's not got things quite right. I, I don't know who or what, but anyway. He did, however, give me this, and I thought I'll just read it out uh, as he's actually put it here. <clears throat> so this is from Daz. On February 7th, we launched the new BrewDog.com, updating both the core platform that powers the website and the overall look and feel. This move has been nearly three years in the making, and under new digital leadership, the decision was made to build on a platform geared for stability, sorry, geared for scalability and flexibility. This was a big move, involving not only the migration of shareholder data, but also replicating what would become a very customised BrewDog development. We kept the timeline aggressive and worked relentlessly with our digital agencies to present the new BrewDog.com in Q1 2019. Although we made the big move, the transition was not as smooth as it could have been. We faced several launch hurdles alongside a suite of features that should have been in for launch, but instead were prioritised as fast followers. Fortunately, we have a very engaged EFP community who has fed back, kept us accountable and has allowed us to move with pace in quickly resolving the original launch issues. 
We'll have more to say on the initial launch week, but for now, BrewDog are grateful for the continued support of the community. I think that is fantastic that Daz actually thanks people because he's had a whole hold of grief for the last couple of weeks. Um, Yeah, there you go. Any other thoughts before we move on? It's all well and good hearing from Daz, who I, I, I like a lot. I, I, when he's in London, I'll, I'll go for a drink with him. But ultimately, I've heard nothing from leadership on this, other than James being a bit grumpy and asking what 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 would we... Other than James asking what would we fix and something about matching prices on overworks, which came across as pretty pretty grumpy. Nothing from anyone higher up the chain than Daz. Verity, a couple of things on the shop launch, but we've yet to have any sort of accountability for something that, as shareholders can potentially impact the performance of our shares, which is the inability to sell stock directly to our, to consumers. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, Daz has also said he's, I mean, he said it before, but he, he is going to be on the podcast. Um, probably not the next one, probably the one after that. Um, we'll get him on because there is an awful lot of very good things about the new Breedog website to talk about. Um, and a lot of exciting things are going to be happening with the app and all that sort of stuff. And hopefully by then there'll be a proper post-mortem on what actually went wrong and Daz will feel comfortable talking about it. So, yeah, I think if you guys are right, we'll just move on from that at that point. Best to move on. <laughs> yep, it's fine by me. Awesome. Uh, Bruce. Yes. You have the next one. If I you do. can get it in above the children, go for it. Go for it. Now... News breaking out that uh, well, I broke out a while ago actually that Musa is becoming a draft house. Now, for those who don't know, I'll, I'll try and put you in the picture. Musa was uh, a restaurant. Was it a restaurant bar or was it just a restaurant? Well, it was just a restaurant. Just really. a restaurant. Now, yeah. It's based near the harbour bus station in Aberdeen. It closed in October with Brewdog announcing that it was going in a new direction. Now, I've never been to there for food, but I did hear some good reviews. I don't know if anybody had food there, Rob. Yeah, I've, I went there a few times. It was fantastic. It was expensive, but it was absolutely fantastic. So I understand why quite a few Aberdeen folk were like, oh, it's closed. Oh. It's closed. So that's Musa. Draft House, now that was or is a small chain of, we'll get the numbers right, 13 bars, mostly covering London, which Rudolf bought and took over the running of in March, April last year. Yep. And uh, Rudolf therefore took on all 213 staff from Draft House. Musa has now been confirmed as the first draft house in Scotland. Is that right? Now, I, I kind of thought that Glasgow, but Glasgow is not going to be ready in time. So I, I presume that the Musa building will be the first one in Scotland. Yeah, I think, as I understand it, since um, they converted the Milton Keynes one to a brew dog, so yeah. there's only draft house in London. In so London. this is the right. first one outside of London, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And based on what we gather from social media presence, it looks like it's going to be called Hop and Anchor. Hop and anchor, anchor. yeah, I saw yes. that, yeah. Yeah, kind of rhyming slang a couple of there, but you know, we'll see how that goes. The draft house in Aberdeen will be different to the three other Brewdog bars, um, and I suppose in the sense that they're going to be kind of cosy, warm spaces, which will offer various beers. Now, not only Brewdog, they'll, they'll offer different types of craft beers um, in, a, in a kind of a mix, um, but they'll also offer traditional food and roast dinners, which sounds fantastic on a weekend yeah they've started teasing pictures of the Sunday Have roasts it? and uh, they do look good so I hope they, hope they live up to the pictures well, where it's actually. placed for those for those who don't know where it's placed it's, it's, a, it's a great it's a great location because there's a definite route to be taken to, from the train station or the bus station to that small pocket of of bars just yep. at the harbour area um, no correct me if I'm wrong guys um, flagship Castlegate the Clansman, Cask, Union Square, and now the Draft House. I think that's a total of six bars. I think you said Clansman, Craftsman. Oh, is it yeah, and Fierce. And Fierce, yep. Oh, and Fierce. I forgot the Fierce. I'm going to forget the Fierce. I've got my card. Um, so is it, what is it? Craftsman? Yes, the yeah. Craftsman. Where's yeah. the Clansman? Oh, no, that's, that's, that's still game. That's a still game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, there you go. So, yes, so there's seven. So a total of seven bars in that small area there. Their hopeful is going to be open for the AGM, which, if you listen, it's only less than seven weeks away. Yeah, no, that's crazy, isn't it? And, you know, 13-odd yeah, thousand uh, EFPs descended, they need as many craft beer bars open as possible. So oh, that's over that so. weekend. So, yeah, so there. So, yeah, looking forward to that. I'm going to, um, we, we tried a, a draft house in London when we were yep. down for Beatnik. We thoroughly enjoyed it. It's 
it did have the feel of Brewdog. So for me, it was a, it seems like a nice fit. Neil, you obviously you were in Aberdeen for ages. Um, yes, what do you think about is. the location there? Um, it's an interesting part of town. It's a part of town that I've always uh, centered around myself. Um, my local was the Kirkgate Bar, and of course, when Brewdog opened down there as well, that was. Uh, part of it and also my time on the council so I know the area very well I also used to work in the market arms as a barman which is just further up Did the road you? from it yes what? many years ago wow and you've not uh, been stabbed that's quite impressive well no, it's it's uh, oh. um it's not as bad a rougher part of the town as a lot of people think um no, true and uh you know it's some interesting buildings down there as well and actually the music building itself is quite quite an interesting one I think it's an old banana warehouse I think uh which oh, yeah. is where the name comes from Musa um, and uh, the restaurant was good, but it was expensive and obviously not making any money, so it'll be interesting to see if they can make a go of it as a draft house. Okay, uh, we've got a couple of corrections. Uh, we'll come to them uh, in a little while, but before we get there, Andrew, you wanted to mention Cloudwater, didn't you? Is it, whoa, 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 isn't this breaking news? Oh, yes, this could be breaking... Actually, yes, let's do it. Here we go. Breaking news. Doesn't seem quite the same when you're not on your mic at home, to be honest. But yes, anyway, Andrew, go for it. Breaking news. Here we go. So for a very long time, there's been a very valid criticism of Brewdog's presence at major beer festivals. So the the proper hardcore craft beer uh, fanatic festivals and the beer selection at Brewdog were taking was always a bit safe. So there'd always be a a punk tap there. Um, It would be whatever the latest amplified is. Maybe an abstract of over the that's been released over the last few months, but Cloudwater over the first weekend of the first and second of March are doing a friends and family festival up in Manchester. So I don't know if Neil's going, but this could be an interesting one to look at. And the big news is this beer selection dropped today. This uh, well, I first noticed it certainly today, and it is fantastic. So Cosmic Crush which is one of the Overworks beers. There's the peach version of that. There's Photonic Boom, which is a 6.5% IPA brewed specially for this festival. Photonic Boom? Yeah, Photonic Boom. Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus is what James said is his favourite ever Brewdog beer on Instagram the other day. This is a 9.5% sour stout fermented with raspberries and cocoa nibs aged in Speyside whiskey barrels. No... <laughs> Thanks for the sour, input, Bruce. A sour, fruity, chocolatey stout. This could be phenomenal. This is exactly why Overworks exists to do amazing stuff like this. So I can't wait to try that. AB27 will be out, which will be an 11% bourbon barrel aged chocolate stout. Oh, now we're talking. Exactly. Barrel aged radio zombie phone in. I had my first bottle of that last night. That is a beer. And oh, finally. Yeah, really good. Finally, and this is, for me, perhaps the most exciting bit, Paradox Isla will return, which for a lot of people is their introduction to the world of big stouts. I just realised I shouldn't make that noise where I am. (laughs) I think it's a bit of a mic drop moment, isn't it, that list? That's fantastic. Um, that, That sour, the one you were talking about, the really special one. Yeah, Hocus Pocus. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think I've had it. Ooh. <sighs> I think it was amazing. Rob, can you get your beat machine ready? There, go on. You're a... Cheers, dude. Right, um, thank you for that, Andrew. Thank you for bringing that attention. That's the end of the breaking news. So, uh, Bruce, over to you. Oh, I forgot, I forgot to unmute myself. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, right, okay. So we are coming up to the break, and just before the break, um, on one of the previous podcasts, we played the first of three Draft House collab videos, or the audio from the videos. Now, what we'll do is we'll play the second batch of uh, audio, but I've got my usual weekly teaser. We all know that Brewdog is known for fairly strong beers. I quite like them, I think Andrew does too, and so does Rob. And there have been some silly complaints previously in the media with regards to the high ABVs. So what did we do? We brewed a 0.5 ABV called Nanny States in response to these complaints. I personally don't like it. I know friend of the show Kev from Border Digital does. Rob, are you a Nanny State drinker? 
Uh, I've had it a couple of times, but now I'd rather drink Diet Coke. Uh, it's just not yeah, much not a fan of that Lin- style of beer. Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay came home with some B-Dog beers for me. Two bottles of Nanny State. Yeah, thanks, thanks. <laughs> she she got sent back at the shop again. So, but the teaser is, just before the audio, is in which year was Nanny State brewed? Ooh, which year was Nanny State brewed? Okay, let's play in the second of those collab video audios things. Today, Sierra Nevada will be joining us on an exclusive Draft House release. Hi, my name is Tamar. I'm the production manager here at BrewDog. I'm Scott. Uh, I'm the brewmaster at Sierra Nevada. I'm here to brew a kind of a, an original pale ale recipe because of the series that you guys are doing, pioneering you know traditional craft beers. I wanted to stick to a really traditional Draft House is trying to educate people on what different styles are and so to really understand the style it makes sense to use a traditional recipe rather than something that's super new and out there and modern. You know, people can try other beers at Draft House that can be those examples of the style, but it's really important for them to know where, where it comes from. How would you describe the essence of a pale ale? So you get some sweetness, but you also get um, the nice pininess of the hops. It has a nice balance of the malt and the hops. I agree, balance. That's a really good way to put it. Um, it's got plenty of malt flavors and it's got plenty of hop aroma. Well, we as brewers take for granted how well we all work together and I think uh, it's really exciting to get to work with um, other breweries in the industry. That's what these collaborations are all about, right? Yep. <clears throat> Just before the break, the teaser I asked was, in which year was Nanny State brewed? The answer? Anybody? Rob, you know. I know. Andrew, when do you reckon Nanny State was brewed? 2012. Oh, Neil? Oh, Neil? I think it was a bit before then. Uh, 2011. Yes. Ah, 2009. Oh, 2009? Really? It's 10 years ago. That is nuts. I hope it's right. That's, I'm, just, I'm just doing it what's on the script. It is. It is right. It's in my uh, 2018 DIY dog back catalogue, and I checked it this morning. So there cool. You go. There you go. Excellent. Uh, we're always keen to hear from you here on the Brewdog News podcast. So please feel free to call Pete. Please, oh words. Please feel free to call us. Oh one two two four five one eight five zero one and leave us a message. Two messages this month, uh, and the first up is uh, I definitely didn't call up Chris and say, "Hey Chris, can you send us in a message, please?" And he definitely didn't do that, and definitely didn't leave this message for us. Hello, team. It's your old buddy Chris here again. I've got an entirely unscripted question about the Brewdog mixtape. I assume it's going to be the latest hip hop sounds recorded by up and coming unsigned artists. But I better let you explain it to me in full because apparently in this scenario, I'm unable to go and look out for myself. Peace out, my lovelies. Bye. So, there we go. In a non-scripted message, Bruce, uh, you've got this one. Mixtape, what the what heck is, is that all about? Simply put, in a nutshell, it's curated background music for the pubs. Okay. And that's it. So, on Thursday the 25th February at 6 o'clock, all Brewdog bars will be pressing play at exactly the same time. The same music. All bars. Um, I don't know what you guys think, but I think I don't I really have that. a massive opinion on it. No. I mean, background I mean, music is just background music. I did, I did see one comment saying, well, isn't this getting a bit like, you know, if all the bars are going to have the same music at the same time, isn't it getting a bit like well, the bars are going to lose their individuality I, a bit? I was I was coming across that because what's going to happen is that the playlists will be created by um, different people, bands. The first one's going to be done by Franz Ferdinand. And okay. once they're, what, they are, what they're calling it, a residency, once that ends... The baton then is passed on to other bands, which in the list currently include the Fratellis, Reverend and the Makers, Charles Watson from Slow Club, Slow Club, um, Surfing Magazines. I, I'm not sure it's sustainable in the long term. Um, it, it, what it does do, I think, is it, it reduces repi- um, repetition of tracks and favouritism by bar staff who, who get to choose the music for, for example, they'll, they'll stick on their playlist and it can get quite samey. I DJ, and yes, uh, my set list can get very samey, but you, you alter it to the crowd. So I'm, I'm assuming that the crowd in Peterhead in Inverurie, when it opens, will be a completely different crowd to uh, what Shepherd's Bush crowd. So if we're all getting the same music, uh, I'm not sure it's going to work. I mean, it'll be interesting to see and to see how it, what the feedback is from 
people who go to the bars. But are they making these playlists public? Oh yes, they are. Yes. yes, they are. The the at the end of the residency, you're able to download the playlist. Oh, okay. oh, you get an announcement. The man who's strangely talking into his microphone in the soft play, please come to reception. <laughs> the, the, man fi- the man filming the children, can you please come to reception? <laughs> yeah, back in a minute. Okay, that's fine. Next up, it's the man who puts the old in old Meldrum. It is, of course, Watty. Hi, hi, Brewdog News Podcast. What you here for our Meldrum for you the end day? Hope Abdi's keeping fine. Uh, it's been a busy week here in the firm. Uh, well, it was a while last weekend to the, the Tipperary Muck and Sharn show, but it was good. Had a few beers and uh, it was all about recycling and new technologies in the firming industry, Ken. And uh, on a way back, it got me thinking. Mine last year, I was trying to get rid of Dougie. Well, summer's coming, and while he has settled down, he, I can see that glint coming by in his eye. And uh, it's getting a wee bit of worrying. Now, somebody told me about a dating app for coos, for I could get Dougie, well, he could uh, he could get his uh, his leggy work in, but I don't know about that. Hi. Anyway, I was winnering. Does Brewdog the own hand with her left our grain? I was winnering if I could feed it to Dougie. And if I fed it to Dougie, maybe Jimmy and Martin would be interested in serving them up in the bars in Aberdeen. What do you think, Bob? Hmm? You think that's an angle we could take with the loons? Well, anyway, better one now. Take care now. Bye-bye. Yeah, so what he is asking about what they do with the spent grain from the brewery. I don't think it's going to go to Dougie. I don't think Dougie's going to be um, <clears throat> sold in the brew dog bars anytime soon. But one thing that is being done with the spent grain is it's going to uh, Wow Dog Bakery. Now, this is a bakery. They're based in Ellen. Uh, no, it's not Ellen. Huntley, which is not too far from Ellen. Um, and they are making these uh, little sort of dog chews. With uh, no alcohol in them, have to point that one out. Ten biscuits a pack, four pound fifty, so they're quite expensive. But they are handmade. There is all um, natural ingredients in there. Um, really nice little idea, this one. So um, yeah, the spent grain uh, you can now buy it in cool little dog biscuits, which apparently they really do love. Yeah, I think that's all there is to say on that one. I hear another video coming on. Yeah, there could be. So I did do a little video, by the way. I'll give that a little plug. If you check out our social media, uh, you will see that I got uh, my friend's dog, Orlando, which is a great name for a dog, or a terrible name, whichever way you think, and uh, my dog, Molly, and we got them to taste the uh, brew dog subwoofer beer. And, uh, well, I won't spoil it, but you can go and check out that video yourself. Just look us up online. Uh, and Bruce did a magnificent job of editing that for me, so thank you again, buddy. No problem at all. I, um, I was actually looking after the neighbour's dog last week for the week and almost bought a bottle, but um, didn't get around to going to the shop to get a bottle just to try it out myself. But there may be there may be a dog entering the, the cavern household in the next I was going to say, that while. entire story was, was all just you wanted to tell us that you want to get a dog in it. Yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, Right, let's crack on. Uh, Neil, uh, one of the reasons I asked you to come on this show is the trading day. I know um, it's not the most exciting of subjects for people. Uh, it's one of these where it is important. Can you give us a quick overview on how the trading day went, what the final price was, and why that matters to people, and what you think it means next? Basically, you have the microphone, sir. Okay, well, I actually think it went very, very well. Um there was the issue that some people couldn't take part because of the short notice of the official details. Um, and that's obviously something that could be sorted next time, should they wish to. Um, the people that took part, uh, it was interesting on the day the price went up and was basically sitting quite low for a while. Uh, and uh, then there was uh, certainly quite a lot of money at a certain price. And at that point, that those people were not getting very many shares because everything else had uh, got around that point. Uh, and either one or two people, whoever it was, who were buying an awful lot of shares up to their price. And uh, it settled at £15, which uh, that's the settle price. But of course, that doesn't mean that's what sellers get or what buyers paid. Because once the fees are added to that and stamp duty and 
overseas broker's fees should that be required. Uh, the actual amount that a seller will get and, and a buyer pays are actually very different cool. can depending I, can on I how many shares they bought. Can I fire two quick dumb questions? When you say mm-hmm. there was a couple of buyers who had who bought a lot, are we talking a few thousand pounds or, or a bit more? Oh, I think we're talking a little bit shy, just shy of a million. Holy moly. And that was one or two buyers did that? Possibly, yeah. I don't think it'd be more than that. That's fascinating. Um, so there, there was a very big bid in at £12. And the, the also, the, it was interesting to watch, but we, we weren't watching it live, of course. I think there was about half an hour delay on it. Uh, and at one point, the, if you were wanting to buy a million pounds worth of BrewDog shares at, at £12, you weren't going to do it because um, other people had moved their prices a little bit um, and therefore you, they might have only got about a third of the shares they were looking for. Um, so if that person was wanting to put roughly a million pounds into the company at the cheapest possible rate, they went up to the next level where they would get those number of shares and that was £15. Um, there's lots of theories as to who that person was, why they did it, what they, they could do it. My own view is that if I'd had a million pounds and wanted cheap shares in BrewDog, that's exactly how I would have played it. Um, so obviously that fits my theory and that's what I think happened. Uh, but we that's don't know really interesting. who did it. So, wow, an individual then came along and went, yeah, this much for this price. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. It could be that. It could have been two people as well, because I think uh, the price did sort of jutter. It didn't go completely from 12 to 15. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see it myself, but I heard a, somebody said it went halfway, which would make me think that uh, there was maybe two people uh, that went up in stages. Interesting. So that was my first question. My second question is a dumb question. So <clears throat> on this trading day, there was a lot of, as we discussed before, it's quite a complicated thing to set up. But does it basically indicate that the shares that people bought in the FP5 at £23.50 on the second-hand market, as it were, are, mm-hmm. it looked like they were worth about £15, which, is obvious, which isn't a bad number considering these are sort of, you know, second-hand, as it were. No, second-hand is the wrong word. I'm not describing this very well. Just, do you know what I'm trying to say? Actually, I think second-hand is a very good word. Uh, because we're talking about private equity, it's not some, it's not, not like a currency, and it's not like a listed share. It is very much a, a voucher for the future. Um, when you buy directly into BrewDog, first of all, you're buying direct from the company, which has some kudos. There's also the perks that are involved around it. Yeah. Uh, so if you were just, in my opinion, just wanting to make a financial investment, buying in a new share issue isn't necessarily the best time to do it because you're subsidizing lots of other things that are going on at the same time. Um, and it is highly unusual for private equity people to have made any money within less than five or 10 years. And the interesting thing about the price of £15, it meant that it was above the TSG price and above the the last um, trading that, uh, day that they had. And it means that anybody who invested in EFP4 or before made a profit. And that's a very quick profit in private equity. Um, the people that buy into private equity in big, big numbers are doing so because they're buying potential. They know full well that the shares are not worth the amount that they're paying for them at the time they pay for them. But what they're doing, they want to get in as cheaply as they can, as soon as they can, for any long-term, above-the-normal-sort-of-market increases that you can get with a private equity. Um, so it also, actually, I think, has raised the price a little bit because there's. Uh, I certainly felt that the TSG price of 1318 was morally the lowest I would want to buy shares of somebody for. I should probably jump in uh, and say there might be people listening to this going, "What's Neil on about TSG?" TSG sorry. was yeah when we when they went when they launched EFP five uh, at the AGM two years ago, I think it was nearly um, TSG, a large investment group from America that bought a massive chunk of shares and injected a lot of cash into BrewDog at that point. Mm-hmm. That's who TSG are, uh, sorry. That's right. Uh, now what we have is £15, but I think people need to get their head around what £15 is. And I actually did a page on my own website where you can go in, put in the number of shares you would have bought or sold and saw the actual price per share you paid or would get paid because it varies dramatically. Uh, for example, if you were trading 50 shares, if you were a UK buyer at £15, you actually paid £16 and 2 pence. Okay. Uh, if you're a non-UK buyer, you would have paid £17.23. 
if you were a UK seller, you would get £14.55. And if you were a foreign seller using a, an external agent, you would get £13.35. And that's all the same number of shares at the same £15. <laughs> but it just shows yeah. you how the fees come into it. And the fees are high because it is a complex equity. It's a co- complex asset. It's not something you can just buy and sell on, a, on an app. There is hard copy paperwork that has to go backward and forward. And I'm afraid that needs to be paid for. Fair enough. Um, in sort of wrapping up then, in fact, before I do that, I, I, is there anything much more you wanted to say in it? Well, I, I, what I'm hoping now is that uh, if people are, are trading their shares again, which I hope they will do, I've done my best to try and encourage them to do it themselves, I would hope that they would be looking for £15 or very close to it. Uh, if they're doing all the work themselves, I'd, I would hope that they wouldn't be selling below that sort of price. Um, I know that there are people at the moment who now seem to think that, oh, well, I ought to be able to buy at £14, or people who think they can sell at more than 15 and that's probably not where it's going to be for some time. Um, but if people are buying and selling at £15 to each other without using an intermediary, I think that's set a, a, a nice level. It's a little bit higher than TSG, and it'll keep us going until at least the next share raise. The message then for EFPs listening to this, I if I'm right, please correct me if I'm wrong, is um, every now and again, things happen where we get an indication of how your investment in BrewDog is doing. And mm-hmm. the trading day is one of them. Based on the numbers from the trading day, in both in terms of the shares sold and bought and the price that they went for, um, it's a big thumbs up. Everything's just continuing to go in the right direction. There's nothing to Absolutely. be worried about. Is that is that yeah. right? Very much so. I, I was delighted with the price on the day. Uh, I thought that was roughly what I'd hoped for. I'd feared it might have been a very low price or a very high price. Uh, I think the one in the middle is about the the fairest price. Yeah, cool. And I uh, I believe a couple of the people that you were helping out with this did quite well out of that trading day as well, didn't they? They certainly did, yes. Um, and they all went in at different prices because they went in in at prices that suited their personal situation and that's something i've tried to get across to people if you have to sell for some reason or another the price that you sell at is the one that suits your situation not the one that you think everybody else wants to do yeah um so for very early investors anything upwards of 10 pounds was a was a bumper bumper day for them uh, unfortunately, if you bought into EFP5 and you wanted to sell, you will get less than what you put in. But that's exactly how private equity works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It makes sense. You're selling something secondhand. Yeah, so, yeah, cool. Excellent. Any thoughts on that, Andrew? Are you nonchalant? Because <laughs> I say, I, I don't, don't really care. I'm holding on to my share so long, then. Awesome. Good. Excellent. In that case, Andrew, what you got next? Something to do with bar photos, I believe. Yep, we'll, let, uh, we'll move on from the sort of maths corporate element to the creative element and BrewDog I suspect for this shiny new website needs some shiny new bar photos and basically for, for bars that are over a couple of years old there's been a request if you want to get involved you can uh, submit your photos they need some shots of the outside of the bars uh, they need sort of wide shots to go on the bar pages and then basically whatever you feel like, be creative with it. It's uh, bars, as I say, over a couple of years old, so Brighton, Bristol, Castlegate, Cardiff, Clapham Junction, Clerkenwell, etc., etc., plus all the international bars. Um, go and look on the forum if you are shareholders. There's a photo brief you can download and the link there as well. So you make sure you're actually giving what they want. Um, I just hope that the file sizes are appropriate because that's one of the biggest Achilles heels of the new website is five meg photos (laughs) have you um do they do they give you any reward for doing this they might do i just close the link (laughs) (laughs) professional there we go i was being too too efficient ah this is worth talking about you can get a hundred pounds worth of brew bucks per photo used a hundred pounds one hundred pounds okay that's actually pretty decent that's better than i thought yeah We've got a couple of corrections. Correction corner. Neil, I thought I'd task you with the job of reading these out. Um, Go for it, sir. Okay, our first one is from Andreas Martinussen, if that's how you pronounce it, who's the beer wizard at uh, Brewdog Oslo. Uh, When we mentioned the uh, refurbishment of Oslo coming up, we said that it was a franchise bar, and it's not. It's been wholly owned by Brewdog since 2018. There we go. So BD57 is is very much a Brewdog bar. I think that would have been me that said that, and I do apologise, and I would love to get to Oslo and visit that bar. 
when I win the lottery, that will be happening. And thank you very much for getting in touch. What's the other one you've got for us? The other one is more of an admission, and uh, we were contacted by uh, Prentice Baines, who had applied to be a, a student punk. Uh, this is something BrewDog were doing to uh, encourage uh, students to uh, spread the word of BrewDog, uh, and they're recruiting uh, students in various universities. That's right, yeah. Um, he's given us a bit of an update. He went along uh, to the induction day. Uh, has told us a little bit about it. Um, basically, they're looking for 10 student punks overall. At the moment, they reckon 14% of students are aware of BrewDog, and they're trying to make that 40% by the end of this year. And they're going to be uh, paying the students for their, uh, a living wage for their time and also giving them merchandise and staff discounts in the bars and, and on the online shop. So we're not asking them to do it for nothing. We are, uh, you know, as a company, uh, properly paying the people to do it. Uh, they applied. They went along, I believe, on the 29th of January um, for uh, uh, in Edinburgh. And also, I believe there was uh, meetings up in Manchester and London. And uh, I think they've told the people who've got the jobs on the 7th of February. So maybe we need an update uh, to find out uh, what has happened since then. Yeah. But uh, Prentice says he went along to uh, BrewDog at Lothian Road uh, and asked to go upstairs. They did a presentation about BrewDog, uh, what uh, they were told what would uh, their job would entail. Uh, they did speed interviews and they gave a short presentation on what beer they would be. <laughs> Give a passion, a passion beer, a little, and lastly, a beer tasting along with some merchandise to take home. He says, so it was good. Oh, that's, a, that's that's decent for a job interview. It's not bad at all, is it? You know, yeah. Get some beers as well. And I believe on the day he was there, there was thirty candidates. So uh, obviously, not everybody would get appointed from that. But uh, hopefully, they've uh, they've managed to. Uh, uh, to, to find some for the universities that they're aiming for. Cool. Did wow. the Oslo correction have anything on their renovation dates? Has that been confirmed? Sadly not, but I am definitely going to Oslo whether it is open or not. Fair enough. I just Providing the airline doesn't go bust or something like that. <laughs> Excellent. Right, so, well, thank you both. Uh, Prentice, uh, let us know how that goes with that job, if you get that. That's uh, And thank you. Now you're officially friend of the show. Prentice is great, actually. He's all over the forums and all over social media. He's, he's, he's going to be a great representative uh, for BrewDog if he gets that job, so... That's brilliant. Uh, Andrew, I think you're going to get the last story today. Um, I wrote down here, Andrew Red Bull Dude. What have you got for us? BrewDog have appointed their inaugural CEO of beer. A CEO of beer. I am a CEO of beer in my house. Does that count? No. Um, They have appointed Andy Shaw, who spent just about 14 years in multiple senior positions at Red Bull. So quite an interesting brand if you think about their marketing and their brand positioning and their growth. So um, he's sort of been managing director in uh, Iberia, Spain and Portugal, as well as managing director of the UK business for Red Bull for the last six or for six years before he left that job. So quite an interesting background and I'm not entirely sure how his role compares to some of the other people in the business. I'm going to guess it lets James free up time for strategy and it frees up Martin to think big about different beery things. And Andy's there to drive success for the beer side of the business for years to come. Yeah, there's a bit of, um, I have to admit, even though I know, you know, I've, I've met quite a few of the directors and things, I'm still a bit cloudy about, you know, the exact roles of who does what in the upper echelons of brew dog management. Um, but yeah, it's it, uh, it certainly sounds to me like they've got a hell of a win there getting this chap. Um, and I did see on the forum someone suggested that we get him on once he's settled in. Um, you know, get him on the forum and get him to do a sort of Q and A and perhaps talk about his time at Red Bull and what he's bringing to Brewdog. So yeah, cool. Okay, that's us, uh, Bruce. Let's get your joke, which you pre-recorded a few minutes ago. Here we go. So yeah, earlier on today, um, Abigail asked me for, and that's my daughter, she, she says, can I have a bookmark? And, and, and I, just, I got upset and I burst out tears because she's, you know, she's six and she still doesn't know my name is Bruce. I think I'm going to go now. Thanks, Bruce. Well, mm, that, didn't, that didn't improve with age, did it? Uh, right, you can find me at Sunscream on the Twitter I'm the same Sunscream on the forums You can also find out about my day job By visiting robertcooper.xyz Which is now very busy again Andrew, let's start with you 
where can people find you online, buddy? I'm just Andrew on the forum. Come and find me there. Excellent. Neil, give a plug for your website, sir. Okay, on the website, it's www.ndfletcher.org.uk slash brewdog. Bruce, yes. where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at B-R-U-L-A-F-U, Brulafu, um, anywhere else, but mainly Instagram. And Morrison's in East Kilbride. <laughs> yes, yes. Awesome. That's it for this week. Send us a voicemail to our local rate number 01224 518 501. You can email us like a few folk did, studio at brewdognewspodcast.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash brewdognewspodcast. Our Twitter is at brewdognews. We are on Instagram too. Just search for brewdognews. You will find us. Show notes and past episodes are always available on the website at brewdognewspodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to make sure you get the latest episodes as soon as they are available. There's links on the website. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. 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 See you later.